Mm-hmm. There it is. I completely forgot to hit the damn button. So if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you haven't missed much. Horrible English there. You haven't missed much. Uh, Kyle and I just got started with the show here. Kyle, Robbie, hello to everybody who's listening via podcast. Hola. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, for those of you on Twitch, you can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts at RSN. Point blank and simple. So, again, today was a massive cut day in the NFL as all these teams are trying to get to the proper 53-man roster. Before we get into all the cuts, I think the biggest news that really shocked me yesterday was Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, after requesting to seek a trade via his agents, which was accepted, they probably couldn't find a suitable partner. Probably the only team really interested was the Seattle Seahawks, and you know how that goes with divisions. And uh, he's going to warm up the bench, essentially, for Trey Lance. And the new deal, this is how it works. It's a one-year restructure. And I'm getting this all from the Pat McAfee show. Shout out Pat McAfee. <laughs> Shout out Pat McAfee and AJ Hawk. Don't forget about Hawk. You can't see him sure. crystal clear there. But uh, his new his new uh, deal, a one year restructure, six and a half million is guaranteed. There's five hundred thousand dollar roster bonuses, nine million total of play time ba- uh, based bonuses. Clears eighteen point six million in cap space for the 49ers. Yet he's still a free agent next season. So when we were looking at you know, potentially like teams with the best backups in the NFL. You looked at the Colts with Nick Foles. You looked at the Eagles with Gardner Minshew, um, the Giants with Tyrod Taylor, the Miami Dolphins with Teddy Bridgewater. There's a lot of good teams with comparable backups, but we're talking about a guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, who could be a starting quarterback on many, many teams. And let me throw Sam Darnold out there with the uh, Carolina Panthers. Like, I'm just confused in this whole situation with the 49ers because obviously you don't want to trade him to the Seattle Seahawks. So my next question is, what's Jimmy Garoppolo's mindset? Because Washington at one point was a team that was available. Uh Seattle, obviously, as I've said for the fucking 15th million time. Carolina was a team that was available. At one point, Tampa Bay was because they didn't know what was going to happen with Tom Brady. At one point, Green Bay was because who knew what was going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Chicago? I mean, I know you got Justin Fields. Cleveland, uh, Cleveland, because of the whole situation with Deshaun Watson, but I guess they're really set on Jacoby Brissett for 11 games is a lot of games for Jacoby oh, Brissett. Yeah. And not to mention, mm-hmm. too, that he does have a history of getting hurt. True. That is true. You're not wrong. So ultimately, what's going to end up here is they have a very, very secure security blanket. We're talking about the guy who led them to the Super Bowl. We're talking about the guy who was hurt for most of last year and led him to an NFC championship game. And if the safety had made that interception against the Rams, it could have been a whole different ball game. And the 49ers could potentially went on to the Super Bowl and gotten a second chance. He was one throw away in the Super Bowl with Emmanuel Sanders, who just barely missed it from winning a Super Bowl with the history of the head coach with the choke, you know, a choking scheme, essentially, in the fourth quarter throughout his offensive coordinator and head coaching career and Kyle Shanahan. Now we're talking about Trey Lance. Now there's going to be more drama than there ever was before, Kyle, and I'm going to tell you why. If Trey Lance performs this year the same way he performed last year, Kyle, and you remember how how disappointed I was in Trey Lance. I thought Trey Lance was going to be an absolute bust. He was just absolutely dreadful. He was terrible. Obviously, it's his rookie season, but I mean, the only person that was out offensively 
as as a part of a, the receiving core was George Kittle. You still had Debo Samuel. You still had Eli Mitchell. You still had Brandon Ayuk. And you still can find a way to move the chains. And you can move out of the pocket and scramble better than Jimmy G's ever been able to do in his career. And you can't figure this shit out? Uh-huh. So, yeah. how short is the leash on Trey Lance? I think it all dictates on what kind of a start the Rams and the Cardinals get. Now, the lucky thing for the Niners here is that DeAndre Hopkins is out for six games. Well, D-Hop is back. And let's say you're right there with the Cardinals for second place to a potential wildcard slot. Do you throw Jimmy G in there? The problem is it might like stunt Trey Lance's growth and might place a seed of doubt in him. Honestly, I think you go with him, and until he starts really failing, you keep going with him. Like if he happens to have two, three, like really, really bad starts, you know, you go, you go with Trey Lance up until then. Because the problem is, if you put Jimmy Garoppolo back in, and he does really good, and this is like you know the second time it, you know he comes, you know comes back and replaces Trey Lance, then you know you, you could just ruin a young quarterback's confidence. And with, like you said in the past, what they've traded for him, which is what like. T- Two first round picks and maybe some a couple other things what, to for, move for up. Trade Lance, yeah, yeah. I forget that, that like, they also trade for Jimmy Garoppolo too. That's what they've been doing with the quarterbacks post Kaepernick, post Alex Smith. Yep. So it's like that. It's a very, very sticky, sti- sticky situation. I think it was a kind of a combo of two things. But I didn't trade him where it would. Their price tag was probably too, too much because of the teams that wanted him. Like you said, being Seattle, you trading him. If you were to trade him in division, that price tag goes obviously way up compared to what it would have been for someone not in division or especially not even in the conference. And I also think they maybe don't hundred percent believe in Trey Lance right now. Like they're thinking they're having some hesitancy. Maybe he's not what we, th- what we were hoping that he would pan out to be. So we got, like you said, a good security blink in Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, kind of a, you know, cover their asses. If in case it goes South with Trey Lance. But the best thing they got here is, is the options. And that's the bottom line because, once Jimmy G took over, I believe they were like one and seven at one point. They managed to make it to the wild card and they had a tough task to hand them. They had to go to Green Bay and win. They did. They had to go to Dallas and win. They did. I'm not going to say the road was so tough in L.A. because I, I remember just seeing the tweet Debo Samuel kept retweeting and liking of they were trying to hold off uh, ticket sales to 49ers fans because San Fran to L.A. is a couple hours, I'm pretty sure. And you know, 49er faithful is going to make that make that trip if needed to motivate oh, the boys. Percent. Not to mention, too, I mean, when we watch the Raiders versus the Chargers in L.A., there's not going to be a single Chargers fan. It's going to be all Raiders. Let's be honest here. Oh, yeah. right. Absolutely. So um, and, and again, they were literally an interception away from going to the Super Bowl. It was right in his can his hands. Kyle, that's probably one of the most like blatant drops in playoff history I've ever seen. Yeah, it was it was really bad, but you know, gave the Rams second second chance. No, not to Saw sound they bu- did. not to sound biased here, but we know what would happen if it was the Patriots and if they were um, the ones throwing the ball. It would hit off the face mask, hit someone in the stands. A cheerleader would have thrown her pong like this. The mascot would have done a backflip. The ball would have went five hundred feet in the air and it would land in the lineman's hands. Oh, of course, <laughs> you know yeah, always- you know the luck that they get. Oh, yeah, we always get those bounces. David Tyree, Mario Manningham, uh, Jermaine Kurz, Julio Jones. But, I mean, at least Julio's, like, fucking nasty. Yeah, 
still just one in a billion catches. I don't know if his was really necessarily one in a billion. I mean, it was great toe tap. I mean, the ball was close to where it needed to be placed. It was just a great toe tap by Julio. Yeah, but it too was bad, too bad. Great. Too bad his catch was overshadowed by Edelman's easily. Oh yeah, oh, of course. Is it me or is he like undefeated on the Mike Edelman? Oh, Edelman's hilarious. Like, he, get off he the be, fucking field. He can <laughs> they didn't like, call it. yeah, because he can be um, like he can be like that kind of like the like that party kind of guy, or he can be that serious like football guy, or he can be like a family man kind of guy. He's he can do it all, honestly. He can be like that frat guy too. It's he's just a fun dude to listen to. He's a super he's utility up. guy in the mic, essentially. Super utility. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. All right. Um, other news in the NFL. I don't know if you saw the most recent tweets with Lamar Jackson. Um, someone sent out a tweet saying they offer you like $230 million guaranteed and you decline. He said, that's not true. And then someone else posted a picture of him in a Miami Dolphins uniform. That's under his likes in Twitter. Kyle, what we're seeing right now with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, you know what it basically reminds me of? Tell me. It's a different sport. With a player in front office. Is it Aaron Judge? It is Aaron Judge in the New York Yankees. All right. Lamar Jackson is in a similar boat with Aaron Judge. Lamar Jackson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Aaron Judge is one of the best players in the MLB. The difference is Lamar Jackson has the MVP over Aaron Judge. Even though we all know 2017, had there not been some cheating, he would have the MVP. And who knows? Maybe he'll get the MVP this year. But the fact of the matter is, If you take Aaron Judge, I mean, especially what we're seeing with this team now, we're going to talk a little bit about baseball later. If you take Aaron Judge off this Yankees team right now, after this whole hot start, the Yankees are probably two or three games ahead of the Toronto Blue Jays for the lead to AL East. If you take Lamar Jackson out of Baltimore, Tracy Tracy Morsley, is that his name, the backup quarterback? Tracy McSorley. You, You think he's going to be able to do what Lamar Jackson does? And I'll tell you what, they already know. tried it once because they had RG3 as the backup. RG3, almost the same play style as Lamar Jackson, except he has the catastrophic torn ACL that basically ruined his career, unfortunately. He does a great job with ESPN as an analyst, and it's a pleasure to listen to him break down the game of football. He's one of the smartest you know, analysts they got there. You're not going to find someone with the same caliber as Lamar Jackson like that. You're not going to. A lot of people put it perfectly. He's almost the modern-day Mike Vick. He's he's getting better as a thrower, Kyle, because you know I've always stand with him being a running back in the quarterback mm-hmm. position, but he made drastic improvements last season, and I'm sure it's going to transition on to this season. Pay the man what he's worth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, this is where I will intervene with Lamar Jackson. If he's asking for the same amount of money as Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, then I'm questioning him because are you about winning or are you about yourself? Because if you take up all that salary, look what's going on in Green Bay. Who does Aaron Rodgers have to throw to? Who's going to be his number one receiver? Have you have you even thought about that, Kyle? So it would be Alan Lazard. I believe they have Sammy Alan, Watkins on the team. Alan Brickhands Lazard. It's the only name that I could think of. Sammy, I, I'm way out of my prime, Watkins. Randall, I need a cane when I get up and down the field. Cobb, Tunyon, Robert Tunyon, the tight Robert, end. I just torn my ACL. Tunyon. Mm. I mean, if that's what Lamar Jackson wants to do for the rest of his career, and that's who he wants to throw to, then by God, then all right, 
I mean, the Ravens will be a playoff team, but will we ever see him be a Super Bowl contender? It depends how they draft. They're not going to be able to keep Mark Andrews with all that money that he could potentially eat up. They're not going to be able to keep a lot of those people that they just got on the defensive end. Kyle Hampton leading the charge in safety and a bunch of others, Marcus Peters, and tons and tons of more. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens got to find some common ground here and figure this shit out because this is going to be a big problem going throughout the season. The Bengals aren't going anywhere. The Browns, they could potentially be 500 all the way to Sean Watson gives back. I know it's 11 games. They might be above, below if you want to get technical here, but they're going to be around that range, maybe. The Steelers, Mike Tomlin has a great resume and has never finished under a 500 winning percentage in his career. Trubisky had a great two-minute drill drive. I get it's preseason, and um, Kenny Pickett has surprised a lot of people with how good he's looked. In conclusion, if they don't get this figured out this season, where could Lamar Jackson go? And I'll tell you right now, the first team that pops in my mind, because it's not Miami that pops in my mind, Kyle. You know who I think? You know who I'm thinking? Just go to Seattle? <laughs> no. That would be interesting to see. What other what team? Tampa Bay. Oh, after Mike after Evans, Tom Brady? Godwin. Leonard Fournette. That'd be great defense. That'd be really weird because You'd have to completely change offenses, like to the max. But they would, they would definitely be able to adjust. I think, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, it would just be probably really awkward for me, like the first half of next year, because literally, that's. I don't know if you can get a more polar opposite quarterback than <laughs> yeah. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, or, Jackson, yeah. yeah, like that. That would be really interesting. Uh, like, like you said, they have to figure it out though, because Lamar Jackson is a one of one. You have not seen. Like even people have said like Mike like with comparing him to Vic, it's like Lamar Jackson still to me is more of an accurate passer at that point than Vic was. Like mm-hmm. Vic got really accurate after the whole like you know stuff that happened with him, and he came when he went to Philly and started becoming a starting quarterback. He became a pretty like accurate quarterback then, but you know some of his speed was you know it was on the downwards. You know at that point in his career, Lamar Jackson ninety nine percent of the time is the fastest player on the field. And he has a pretty good arm in terms of just pure arm strength. And his accuracy can be pretty good. Obviously, there's some times where it lacks, and that's the, his problem. But you had, you'd have to sign him. Like you said, if they didn't have him, that team would be terrible. And the, in the, the, not the content, the um, continuity he has with Mark Andrews and that connection, like you know he's going to him, and it works every single mm-hmm. time. They yeah. just need to. They just need to get a wide, like you know, have hit on some wide receivers, and I feel like then they can really, you know, be up and running. Who knows what happened come playoff time then? No doubt. I mean, let, let's let's just recap last year. The sec, the Ravens were a playoff team until the ankle injury happened, and from there, they they tried two different quarterbacks, and it failed with Hollywood Brown, with with uh, Mark Andrews. They had uh, Devontae Freeman. And they had another oh, Latavius Murray. They couldn't figure it out. And obviously, uh-huh. they had a lot of injuries on the defensive end. That's what basically fucked up their whole season. But what kept them in it was Lamar Jackson the whole way. And I'll tell you what I think the biggest hump that he got across last year when we look at it was defeating the Kansas City Chiefs. Because it always it, it, what we what people were viewing it as at some point is Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady being the the rivalry they had and it was like well Peyton Manning 
obviously lost a lot of them to Brady, and it's looking like Lamar Jackson is losing a lot to Patrick Mahomes. He got over the hump, and he's finally on the board. Yeah, that was a that was a big a big game for him. Just his like psyche. That was one of his general. Like, best career games. Oh yeah, definitely. But it's like it's gonna be interesting because that's gonna play into Lamar Jackson. I feel like playing Lamar Jackson's like mine. It's like they don't give him a contract come playoff or sorry, not come playoff, but come see like the regular season time. Is he gonna want to run as much? Because you know, if heaven forbid, if he gets a you know an RG three esque injury and he's not a hundred percent the same quarterback, his money's gonna go down most likely. Then his ability is gonna go down, and then his career might go down. So he's kind of the risk reward. Are the Ravens gonna be play? Hard, are they gonna play hardball? Are they gonna reward that man? Like I feel like they should. They should give him what he wants. He's earned it to me. Not just you, I'm sure just about to everybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, that concludes our Lamar Jackson talks here. Um, all the cuts that happened today, Kyle, I mean, which ones like really stand out to you? There's so many of them. It's unbelievable. Uh, honestly, I didn't see the big, a big list of them, but the, just the Patriot ones that I, I saw that they, they cut JJ Taylor. I was just like, eh, I don't really fully understand that. But honestly, I didn't, see a, yeah, I didn't see a full list of them because – Today at work was busy. Um, I'll give you some of them. Um, they, this was um, there's a threat of this because the one that really stood out to me, I was like, what the fuck was the Buccaneers cutting Logan Ryan? Oh, yep. Yeah, I did. But then it says good chance. Logan Ryan is actually be- this corn to Dov Kleinman. Um, good chance. Logan Ryan is actually back on the roster on Wednesday. Probably just some roster juggling to get someone like Ryan Jensen placed on injury reserve to begin the season. Mm. That'd be odd. That's odd. Uh, the Raiders. The Raiders are the ones that um, are shocking the whole world because they keep um, they they waived a couple of guys that they got in the first round for the last couple of seasons. The ones yeah, that really Al- stand out here, Alex uh, Leatherwood. I yep, he was one of them. Yep. Well, I, I think I think one. he was. I think is that the lineman. Yeah, that's offensive. He, he got line. traded. I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, trade. Okay. Yes, I believe he got traded. I forget which team, but I did see that um, they did trade one of the linemen. But Josh McDaniels is basically clearing house. It's a whole new scheme now. Oh yeah, it's a brand definitely. new scheme. I mean, um, here we go. Here, right, the same guy. Uh, Raiders picks from the top three rounds from 2019, 2021 when Mike Mayock served as GM. Celine Farrell, Josh Jacobs. Uh, Jonathan Abram, fifth-year option decline. These are the rest of the guys that were all cut-slash-traded. Trayvon Mullen, we obviously know about Henry Ruggs, you mm-hmm. stupid idiot. Damian Arnett, we also know about him, you stupid moron. Uh, Lynn Bo- uh, Bowden, Brian Edwards, Tanner Muse, Alex Leatherwood was the one who was traded. Yeah. They messed that up. Well, Mike Mayak and John Gruden really messed it up. Mm-hmm. And this year is a proven year for Josh Jacobs. True, I need it. I got him in fantasy <laughs> in one of the leagues. But yeah, it is a it is a proven year because you got you know you got some good weapons on that on that team. You got you know Darren Waller, obviously Derek Carr at quarterback. Like you got you got some potential on that offense. You can get a good running game going. That just opens up everything because he's not a guy that's going to a lot of times break long. Runs, he's more of that bruising back. Yes, and if they can do that, you got to put more in the box. You're not going to be able to double cover Darren Waller, or you got to pick your poison at that point. Win win. 
All right. And um, here we go here. The Bengals, Thaddeus Moss was also, I love it, but the Thaddeus Moss was also waived, son of Randy. Yeah. It's After, like, oh, no shit. <laughs> who, whose kneecap did he almost like completely take out? I forget. Uh, it was the. Kayvon um, Thibodeau. Yeah. Thibodeau with the yeah. Giants. I remember watching that. It, was, it wasn't dirty. It was just awkward. Yeah. But, you know, that's happens, you know, preseason. That's why I hate preseason. Um, there's a good running, well, not a good, but a veteran running back out there in the market now. Tevin Coleman has been cut by the New York Jets. They have Reese Hall and Michael Carter. They basically have no use for him. He's Kenyon very Drake good. was also uh, Kenyon Drake. Think. Yep. Kenyon yeah. Drake with the Raiders was also cut. Um, I think he's signing with the Ravens from what I last saw. So, yeah. I mean, another part of I, I don't blame them. I mean, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, like, God forbid something happens. Yeah, well, J.K. Dobbins coming off a pretty serious injury, right? They both are. was like both torn, are. torn Achilles or like torn ACL or something like that. It was both, a bad injury. Yeah, both of them had something thing. like that. Um, let's see. The Bears. Uh, John Gurren's favorite quarterback of all time, Nathan Peterman, got cut. The man, the myth, the legend. The man, the myth, the fucking legend. Uh, the Ravens cut Tony Jefferson. Mm, I think that took a lot of people by surprise as well as Kevon Seymour. Yeah, because uh, Tony Jefferson's still, pre- I think, pretty decent safety. So. Well, Kyle Hamilton's taking over the slots. You know, he's taking over his spot, and they basically don't have any use for him. They, a lot of these teams, you got to remember, too, are probably trying to seek out, um, seek out some trade partners, which is why I'm also surprised the uh, receiver from the Jets. I think it's Denzel Mims who requested a trade. Uh-huh. Maybe he'll get waived in the upcoming hours. Who knows? Because I felt like they would have gotten sudden done, or they just would have cut him, but they elected not to. Yeah, but it seems like we're in Tony Jefferson. It would be nice, or I know, but like, I feel like smart to still have him on the roster and kind of be that veteran for Kyle Hamilton. You know, if he has questions, you got a veteran on your team that's been there, done that. Yep. Um, Josh Johnson made it to the Denver Broncos and got cut. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that, that's your I, I remember seeing that picture of like, it showed the graphic of all the teams that he's played for during his career. It's good God. I mean, it's on that grind. That man is still trying to make that dream happen. Speaking of John Gurren, former NFL head coach John Gurren said his emails were, quote, shameful, but he still hopes to, quote, get another shot. Yeah, that's that's false. That's not happening. Mr. Fedora, (laughs) hello, sir, and welcome to the chat. Hello, hello. And the Chiefs here. The Chiefs had a shit ton of them, Kyle. Uh, Corey Coleman, you remember Corey Coleman with the uh, hard knocks with uh, the Browns? Oh, yeah. I remember he was on the Pats, too, for a cup of coffee. So was Josh Gordon. He got cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, another former Patriot, Danny Shelton, cut. God damn. Mm. And he literally, I think, just got signed like not too long ago, too. It wasn't even like a month ago. I think it was like a week, maybe a couple days ago, too. So <laughs> that, like, that hey, welcome for him. to the team. Now get the fuck out. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then on the Bills end, Matt Barkley, the former USC product. OJ Howard. I didn't even know he was with the Bills. OJ Howard is available. Mm-hmm. And Duke Johnson. Some decent names out there, there. There's a lot of decent veteran names. And OJ Howard, I, I wonder, I think the only team that would elect to bring him in would be teams, I should say. New England, even though they obviously don't need him, but there was interest in there in the past, so maybe just to see what it's worth. And maybe go back to Tampa Bay with the departure of Rob Gronkowski. Oh, yeah. The, the Pats would be interesting, especially if John New Smith or Hunter Henry were to get hurt. Because honestly, right now, don't honestly don't really need him, but if they're one of those guys would get hurt, you'd have a need because they they like to run the two tight end offenses. That's for sure. Yep. 
Um, so that that's just about everybody who's been cut. And the one that really stands out to everybody is what the Cowboys did as they cut every fucking quarterback here. Let me find the Will Greer, Ben, ben Rush, and the legend known as Ben Denucci, and it leaves him with one single quarterback, Dak Prescott. This, and I'll let you talk about it in a second, Kyle. This is so risky beyond belief. And let me tell you something. I don't know if they're doing this to stick it to him because he wanted all that money. I don't know what the hell they're thinking because the guy literally missed a full season two seasons ago, almost had a catastrophic injury last season, had to miss some games because of the ankle injury. And and you're willing to risk his health like this, and they're going up against a Tampa Bay team, which is a very good defensive team in the league. And when they have to go up eventually against um, the Commanders, if Chase Young gets back at some point to go with there's that other fucking guy I can't think of his name. Cost. Montez what? Montez Sweat. Thank you so much. Um, I, I I don't get. There's no reward here. I mean, you could have kept one of those three guys. Unless, oh, yeah, you, unless you have the intentions on getting Josh Johnson or Matt Barkley or whatever backup quarterback is available, not not a very good move, and not not to mention too, it puts a lot of pressure in the offensive line with Tyron Smith, who's going to miss a ton of time again with a hamstring injury. Yeah, it just seems like if I couldn't say maybe getting a different backup quarterback, like maybe if you weren't sure of Dak Prescott, like in terms of if he wasn't a good quarterback, if he was like an average quarterback, but he's Dak Prescott's a pretty good quarterback, but why would you get rid of everyone? Like you said, with his injury history, because it seems like if you're banking on, or if you have a quarterback of him and you're banking on him, obviously playing a ton of time and just in case he is hurt for one game, two games, something like that, a short amount of time, you would like to have a quarterback that has been in a system before, at least that, you know, can do something. It's not, you know, you try to pull a guy off the street. Hey, learn the system and let's hope for the best. Seems stupid, but it's the Cowboys. Are you, are you surprised? I am surprised about this one, though. I am. I mean, how often do you see these teams leave one quarterback on their 53-man roster ever? I don't know if the Patriots have ever done it. That's for sure. No, they definitely never have because they've always had a Brian Hoyer or Jimmy G or... um. Jacoby Brissett? Not Brissett. I'm I'm trying to think of the other veteran guy that was like a fucking Brian Hoyer. I can't think of his name. He played for the Texans for a small stint. I can't think of his name. He was with us for like a couple years. I can't tell you. But um, according to my father, they're signing Cooper Rush to the practice squad. Does that mean that he's going to make the death chart? He's out in the death chart. He's on the practice squad. Cowboys going to Cowboys. Not unless like someone's injured and it's like trying to add into that IR shit. I don't know. I mean, it's weird. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Very confusing. That shit's very confusing to me. Um, anything else I'm missing out here as it pertains to the NFL here, Kyle? Do you want to talk about the ah oh, the top one hundred? Yes, break it down for us. I think we got to the final okay. ten or uh, yeah, we got um, I think it was the final. 20 if i'm not mistaken i think they left off yeah, at number we, 20 yes sorry i gotta actually pull it up real, real quick this let's see just give me one because yeah, i saw that uh that brady was number number one on the on the list which I, I feel like that had people kind of like up in arms because 
yes, he did have obviously a fantastic season at age, what, 44. But, you know, I feel like people are just almost like tired of his shit. You know, it's like, oh, Brady again. Shocker. You know, he, people love to hate on him. But the other people, if this thing would love to load, you saw it. Um, I think number, let's see, number three or sorry, number two was Aaron Donald. I think he was either two or one. You couldn't go wrong there. Aaron Rodgers was number three. Now, I'm pretty – if I remember right, I think this is voted before the playoffs, I think. Maybe it's after. But to me, I'd be fine with putting Rodgers below Brady be just almost strictly just based off of the playoff game. I mean, Rodgers was horrible in that game and lost. Cooper Cup being four, I'm fine with that. Jonathan Taylor being number five, I'm fine with that. TJ Watt being six – I would be okay if he was a little bit maybe like further off the list, closer to Aaron Donald, although six to two, it's not the worst thing in the world. Devontae Adams being seven, I'm fine with that. Mahomes being eight. I can understand why people would want him slightly higher, like maybe in that six to five range. Dan Ramsey being number nine. Kelsey, 10. Fair enough. Miles Garrett was 11. Derrick Henry, 12. I think. You could see him maybe a little bit higher on that list, but because of his injury, okay, there you go. Josh Allen being 13, I think he could have he could have been a top 10, and I wouldn't have been that upset about that. You know, I think maybe maybe like you kind of dropped, you know, you drop Henry a spot, Garrett a spot, Kelsey a spot, me put him at 10. I feel like I, to me he should be in the top 10, but you know, the other. Think the 14 was Trent Williams shows an offensive lineman that high of a, of a spot. That's pretty yeah. goddamn impressive. Tyreek Hill being 15. I'm not, not, not that I'm surprised that, that this guy is this high. I'm, I'm surprised that they actually voted him this high. Not that it's wrong, though. Micah Parsons being 16. The guy was absolutely uh. ridiculous. Ridiculous, though. John, uh, Justin Jefferson being 17. Very good. Darius Leonard being 18. Debo Samuel being 19, I'd be fine if – I to me, I'd flip Debo with uh, uh, Darius Leonard. Honestly, I'd be fine if you even – I you can make the argument to me, Debo over Justin Jefferson. I feel like you go with that either way. And 28, J.C. Jackson now on the Chargers. Lovely. <laughs> you know – I think that's a you know that's a pretty pretty goddamn pretty goddamn good list right there. I feel like they didn't get much wrong, although you could like move people up and down a little bit, but nothing to me was honestly all that egregious in the top twenty. Did you mention Stefan Diggs? Let's see. I did not. Did not mention him there. Did you mention Justin Jefferson? Yeah, Justin Jefferson was seventeen. Okay. All right. Yep. I don't know. I mean, see, Stefan Diggs was number twenty six. They had uh, Jamar Chase over Stefan Diggs. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess Debo gives you more from uh, his overall playing field, but I guess I can understand him being at nineteen. But I mean, who am I to fucking talk? I took Debo Samuel over Stefan Diggs in my fantasy football leagues. Hey, I don't blame you. How many I leagues are you in this year? Two. Hmm. That's it? Yeah, just that. How many are you in? Probably like five. <laughs> Add one. You're in six goddamn leagues? What the fuck? 
I had my first draft a couple weeks ago in the eight-man league with the uh, Kaczynski family. Shout out to T-Cuz, Mike Kaczynski, Brian Kaczynski, and all of them. Um, I had one that I've been doing with Testone, Nick, uh, Nick, Nick Testone. Nick, sorry, I forgot your name for a fucking second. I was confusing you and your brother, Nate. Nick Testone, a bunch of his buddies. Uh, the family league I've been doing in high school with our uh, family and friend group. And then Paulo started the first clocked out uh, podcast, uh, Fantasy Football League, and the most recent episode. You can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, um, the newest episode. Um, so I had three drafts on Sunday. I had two. <laughs> the one with the family and friends started at five. Paulo's with the clocked out podcast started at 530. So I'm doing two drafts at once. What the? Oh, and then I, and then I had a draft at eight o'clock at night to finish it off. Holy shit! My drafts were one and seven. Well, the thing was the the draft they did at seven. It was weird. I've never experienced this because the 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 one at one o'clock is live draft. Been doing that for me like four or five years. The other one is like a, a coworker I just joined it this year. But for some reason, I was doing it was on the on the phone on the Yahoo app. For some reason, the app wasn't allowing me to see the team I drafted or at all. So I couldn't like. By weeks, I couldn't see that at all. It was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. I had to like just kind of guess and go off of like, okay, yeah, I think I don't have week seven, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, I just had to guess. But yeah, plus it was a keeper league too. It was my first time joining one of those, so that was a uh, interesting, yeah, to my, say the least. Joey's in one of those. He was just got done with his draft, so I have his draft this Saturday before I have to go to work. Oh, God damn. And then I have. My my league that I run this Sunday, I think at eight o'clock. Are you interested to hear? Are you interested to hear my uh, team? I'll give sure. I'll give you two of them. I'll give you two of them because yeah. I'll spend I'll waste everybody's time. So I'm going to give you <laughs> the one with the family and friends. My team name: Deco Hearts Geno Smith. And I'll tell you why. Here we go. Justin Herbert's my quarterback with Mike Williams, DK Metcalf. So there you go. I know I'm probably going to get. Barely any points, but he was there. How, I think, like, but how? Round. Was, well, at that point, I could understand that. I was like, hopefully, it wasn't like before round five. No, because if that wasn't, you know, you need to be drug tested. I could tell you in order how I took him. So from one through fifteen, I took Najee and Saquon. I think I had I had the ninth pick out of twelve. It's twelve man league. Najee, Saquon, Mark Andrews, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert. Oh, I took him in the sixth round. <laughs> Okay, well, you're bordering on stupidity. DK, Marquise Brown, Hunter Renfro, Dak, Evan McPherson, Mike Gusecki, Baltimore's defense, Gus Edwards, Rex Burkhead, Nelson Aguilar. Not bad. So this is my this is one of my one of my teams. So my my, my name in this league is Kickers Are People Too. I got Justin Herbert at quarterback. I got Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. Joe Mixon, Cordell Patterson, Hunter Henry, Josh Jacobs, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas, Naeem Hines, Devontae Parker, Mac Jones, who is my last pick because I need a backup, uh, Chiefs kicker, Harrison Bucker, Pittsburgh defense, and San Francisco's defense. Kind of messed up there because they both have the same bye week for defenses, so I was a little stupid. But, yep, that's my team of the of the league that, uh, that drafted. Where's the live draft? Yep. Um, no, Dad, I, I have it set for Sunday at 8, and you can look back at one of the group, two group chats. I'm pretty sure it's in there. 
And then the one with Paulo, I have to open the ESP. Do you prefer Yahoo or ESPN for your uh, fantasy? Uh, uh, Yahoo. Yeah, me too. We we, yeah. we did ESPN the last couple of years, and I had troubles with um, them allowing me like to open up the wave wire before week one. So I was like, all right, well, if that's the case, then I'm just yeah. going to go to Yahoo because I know I can control that. Yeah, this this other this other uh, league I'm in. So like I said, it was a keeper league, and it was weird because the guy that did have this team – made some trades. So I didn't have like picks and like maybe like one or two rounds. It was weird, but I ended up keeping, it was like Joe Burrow and Najee Harris, but my team in this league, by the way, I ripped the, I ripped the name off of this guy known on Xbox. Cause he sent me one of his teams. Then the name of this team is book of more moms because of Zach Wilson and B and BYU. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They would, I he sent me that and it was going on my, I told him straight up. I'm ripping that name off. But so the, the my team in this league is Joe Burrow, Gabriel Davis from uh, Buffalo wide receiver. Yeah, you know, everybody's playoff. I know, but everybody's been so high in him. But like, yeah, is he going to fall into the same trap that John Brown and Emmanuel Sanders fell over? Where like he's Could forgotten be. about, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's still Isaiah McKenzie who had a solid year, too. Yeah. Yeah. I just got him a little bit later because I kind of needed someone. But I got Adam Thielen. A.J. Dillon, Damian Harris, Hunter Henry, Chris Godwin, DeAndre Hopkins, Cordell Patterson, uh, Najee Harris, Tyler Lockett, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, James Robinson, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Daniel Carson, the kicker for the Raiders, Pittsburgh's defense, and the Chargers defense. All right. And then the league with Paulo, um, he threw me off because – I didn't know that he had this position here. There's a slot for running back slash wide receiver. So you have two running backs, two receivers, tight end, a flex quarterback, and a running back slash wide receiver. Interesting. Very interesting. So quarterback in my starting lap right now is Jalen Hurts, Najee, Zeke, Brandon Cooks, Debo Samuel, Michael Pittman, Darren Waller, George Kittle. Now, I'm sure you ask yourself, how did you get both Darren Waller and George Kittle? I took Darren Waller first, and then I was back-to-back. I think I had the last pick. And from there, it was a bunch of RB2s and WR2s, WR3s. And I'm thinking to myself, now let's just say, because they both have an injury history, it's just better off to put two tight end ones, one in my one of my tight end slot and one of my flex. What round did you get Kittle in? See, I wish I knew how to load up here in ESP and I can't figure it out. I think it was either five and six or six and seven. Okay. Because honestly, Kittle was one of those guys I was going to avoid unless it, he he really dropped just because last year I had him and he kind of screwed me. Me too. Because he not, was boom, he was boom or two, bust. Not to mention, too, the issue I'm going to come across is week nine. I have a lot of players with the week nine buy. Yeah, and mind that's one you, thing mind I, you, I always try to avoid. I'm, I'm doing another draft as I was doing this draft. Fucking Christ. I don't know how the hell you and then how the hell you did on that. On my bench, I have Damien Harris, Alan Lazard, Michael Carter, Drake London, Julio, Matthew Stafford, and I think it's oh it's Kenneth Walker the third, Seattle. Yeah, the rookie run back. Yeah, yeah. it's and I'm just so honestly, I'm so happy with fantasy football because it's just to me, it's the start of the start of football season. Preseason, nah. Like it's start of football season, me. Sure, after this, we get regular season. It's my favorite time of the year. I can not wait. So much fun. 
Well, we have next Thursday until the start of the NFL season when it's Rams and Bills. That's a goddamn good game. That's for sure. You know one thing I wish we could I wish we could do in a way, although we probably wouldn't be able to do it because of probably copyrights out the ass, would be if like me and you were able to like to stream but also watch a Patriot game and like while we're watching it be live and just get our live reactions of it. Well we we could do that, but the problem is <laughs> can't play any audio. Do. Yeah, audio or video at all because i i already know my reactions would be good god <laughs> uh, well, if i'm a hot mess come patriot games <laughs> well that's something we could probably start in october i gotta wait for some people to leave fair enough <laughs> <laughs> i gotta wait for them to go down south okay 10 leagues jesus christ Who? my dad how the hell i i mean <laughs> here's the thing I'm in six leagues, but I'll be honest, last year, I forgot a lot about setting the line for the Kaczynski Family League, and at one point, Test Stones, and then I start picking up on Test Stones. He does this different app. I'm not a big fan of the app, but everybody else seems to like it, the Sleeper app. Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan. There's like too many different like buttons you have to hit, and um, but I started to figure out last year, so I'm kind of like good with it now, but... um. 10 leagues i mean that's insane unless they were all money leagues i mean everything i have except for the kaczynski family is money league but i'm not spending like thousands even if they even if they are money leagues like let's just say they're 10 bucks a league that is 100 if it's 20 bucks a league 200 30 bucks 300 obviously do the math but like good god (laughs) like because i'm doing the two like i said two fantasy leagues and i'm also in two of those like the suicide pools, if you ever heard of those. Yes, I heard of them. And you know, I love he puts two. He goes, yeah. years ago. <laughs> I don't give a shit if it was years ago. What were you thinking years ago? <laughs> yeah, but I, I like doing those those pools too because some crazy some crazy stuff. I remember I got knocked out where I picked the Bengals. I think they were beat to play the Giants. I'm thinking easy victory. Giants beat them by I think like two, maybe three scores. And I'm like, oh, got knocked out of that. Thanks. Thank you, New York Giants. I don't like the survivor pool. I like I like the other one where like you pick it on a week to week basis. Everybody sends X amount of dollars. You fill up the pot, and whoever wins or if there's a tie, they get the pot. And you do yeah, it on a week to week basis. And I bad, and yeah. I was thinking about doing that with with um with us here, but the issue I'm going to come across is mm-hmm. I need everybody's payments on time. I work. I'm going to be working six days a week because I'll be working a lot of Saturday nights with the DJing, a lot of softball, busy at work as it is right now. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to burn yourself out. <laughs> Plus, you know, I got the show with us. We're going to be doing two times a week. Sometimes I'll be doing doing a show with Plouf on Tuesdays, which you can follow us, the 203 Club here on Twitch. Miguel and I have something in store possibly to just do like a quick 30-minute show a day. There's so much shit that I do. It's like hard to keep up with all that shit. Oh, yeah. And plus, you know, we got to keep track with the bet that we have this year, you know, with whoever wins, wins. You yeah, know, we have to do the, our week to week thing. Yep. Yep. So I got to, you know, make sure I got to make sure I always send that to you, too. Yep. So and um, I'll tell you what, though, I know we got the people right here right now in the chat. There's a couple of you here and I'm sure those who are listening to Spotify and Apple podcast. If you guys are interested I will do that week to week thing. You guys can send me money per week to my cash app or my Venmo with your picks. And we could do this on a week to week basis, winner, winner take all. And I would think, I imagine if we do $5, it's a cheap payout. 
one one you can send me as many tickets as you want. I'm thinking maybe ten dollars a ticket every week. You get every game right with the final like score. Or I would do total points instead of a final score. Total points for the Monday night game. There'd be a so old if you're guessing thirty twenty ninety you send me fifty nine points. The closest number to fifty nine gets the pot. That would be interesting. No, well, I already knew Dad was going to be in. I'm sure you'd be in. I know <laughs> I'd be in. Um, that's something to think about. So let me know, yeah. people. Yeah, we could think about that for down the road. All right. And you know what I don't have to think about anymore, Kyle? What? I want to talk about a great segue here? Sure. I don't have to think about Kevin Durant leaving the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yes. 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 Until Kyle, he until, until he deals with Kyrie's do you shit remember, and he asks as a trade midseason, right? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> do you remember? Bloof has the clip. Do you remember when I sprinted onto that bed with my messy bed there? When I sprinted and leaped and laid there for like five minutes after getting the news that Joe Sy said that we're keeping Steve Nash and Sean Marks. I was like, no, it's the end. I do remember, but I tried to block it out. I, I can't block that. I mean, I'm going to live that down for the rest of my life, but um, I, I would do a happy dance, but I don't want a, the foundation to sink another foot. <laughs> so ultimately he decided to stay. I, I honestly had to review a similar trade. Someone at a superstar level, like Kevin Durant, and it's been very recent. Could you think of the superstar who got, think of a superstar who got traded very recently. In the NBA? In the NBA. Well, being, well, I don't consider him a superstar, but I'm thinking it's a superstar-esque trade in Rudy Gobert. Nope. Not that he's a superstar. No, I'm not talking about him. Was. I'm not talking about him. If you God. need me to start giving you some hints, because I know how you yeah. are, Kyle. You, this is how you go. It's like, ah, give me. Let me know. You don't even yeah. think about it. Play with your brain. Well, I do. I, I, I am. I'm just, I cannot come up with this. Okay. It happened at the trade deadline. The trade deadline. Oh. oh my god. Fuck. If yep. anybody if anybody in the chat knows, TJ, I'm sure you know. It happened at the trade deadline. Oh my god. I feel stupid. Can I get another hand? Start asking me some questions. Start asking me some questions. Okay. Like what team was it on? Did it what team was he traded from? Put it that way. That's too easy. That's yeah, too easy. I need it. All right. It's nighttime. I'll give you a Long day of work. He averages close to a triple double. What was it? Was it Russell? No, it wasn't Russell Westbrook, right? No. Because he was traded before this. Before the deadline. trade deadline. Yeah. Like he was tra- he was traded before the season began. I'm talking at the trade deadline. Last year, I think it was the day before the day of the trade deadline. Holy shit. God damn, I'm stupid. With I know. Basketball. I know. I think you're just stupid, Gerald. Anyways. Oh, God. Just tell me, because we're going to be here literally till I go to sleep. Former Brooklyn Net. Yeah, they're all shit. Let's try not to be biased here. Former Brooklyn <laughs> Net guy got trade at the trade deadline. Former Brooklyn Net that got traded at the trade deadline. 
Was it Spencer Dinwiddie? That's the only guy that's come to my mind, a former net. Spencer Dinwiddie's not a superstar. Spencer Dinwiddie's I know, Hall, but... is a Spencer Dinwiddie's a Hall of Famer. God, just tell me his name. James Harden, you I'm shit. You jabroni. <laughs> you gonna, stupid ass. Just <laughs> gonna turn away. The reason why I wanted to bring that trade package up is because when you look at what the Nets got in return, they got a star player, even though there was a bunch of, you know, drama going on with Ben Simmons. You also got a center return in Andre Drummond. You also got a shooter return in Seth Curry in a pick for James Harden. The Nets got absolutely nothing close to a package like that from Kevin Durant. The closest thing they got was Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a first-round pick from the Celtics. And I'm saying notes that 10 times out of 10. And I think you would, if, if you were not being biased, like the biased little dickhead that you are, you would say no to that trade as well. Oh, absolutely. I would say no to that no to that trade from the Celtics. And, and the side. difference, too, is that you get KD for another four years when James Harden was set to be a free agent unless he opted in. He opted out yep. to take less money. Yep. So, yep. so the but so the Nets could go off of that trade. Yes. Like, for the go, Chris and you know, and the Gobert yes, trade, too. Yes. So you can combo. So it's just like it's just adding layers and more and more to for yes. the Nets to get. So like like you said before, the I think teams could have got KD before the Gobert trade. Then the Gobert trade happened, and every team was just probably like, "What the fuck?" Like you, you made you traded that much for Rudy Gobert, who's an all-world defensive player, but offense is severely lacking. Kevin Durant is an all-world offensive player with a you know above-average defensive game, like. The price tag was went astronomically through the roof. Yeah, last time I checked, when the bucket goes through the hoop, that's more valuable than a rebound or a block. True, could be. Cool. I mean, you put your best defender in KD, and you're having a hard time. The Celtics, they just they just figured it out better than. Well, let's put it like this: the Nets weren't a coach team last year. It was a bunch of ISO basketball. Take it from me, who's watched almost every single game they've played. Yeah, Steve Nash did a bad job. <laughs> did. Did a bad job. Does does it continues to this day? Well, well, it did because wait and see for the season, see how it goes. Maybe he'll turn it around. <laughs> Got to think on the positive side. Shit, I think I hit the wrong button. Ha! Talk now. Ha! Yeah, fuck you. That's me. Good. Get, I had to make sure I didn't bullied. fuck anything up. Get, getting bullied. Good, you deserve it. You believe no, no, for, forget you because you know what? In the chat, it was undefeated between you, Steve, and Ploof giving me hell for a month. All right, no, so I don't want to hear bullying. You bully me. Nah, tough love. Anyways, so where else was he going to go? Where, like, I mean, I can't say that. I was going to say, where else could he have gone that? They, the team would have got increasingly better because when we see all the offers that he got anywhere he went, they were going to get astronomically better because the trade packages were just so dreadful. But let's look at the roster constructed. Got Kyrie. You have Seth Curry, the best Curry in the NBA. Yeah. Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, Durant, Ben Simmons, Patty Mills, Royce O'Neal, fucking uh, Markeith Morris they just signed today. They got uh, TJ Warren. They got so many guys. Like, how would you not want to run this back? 
Yep, it's got it's got tons of potential. I think it all all based off what the hell what the hell happens with Kyrie. If Kyrie, you know, if and just how he naturally is, if he's excuse me on a core a, a good a good amount and plays good, as long as Ben Simmons isn't a complete and utter shit show, then that seems going to be a pain in the ass to go through. I'll tell you what. The only thing that's really irking me is the fact they don't have another center. He's not what he used to be, but I would love to see a Dwight Howard come in to mentor Nick Claxton. Yeah, couldn't hurt. Just get a veteran. Wouldn't be a bad idea. That's all you need. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was the best case scenario for Kevin Durant to return. And let's hope that everything pans out really bad with Steve Nash. He gets fired and they bring in me. I'll coach the Brooklyn Nets to fucking victory. How what? bad could that possibly go? What? What do you mean? Your two K, your two K skills into the into the coaching job. I happen to let you know. I actually have it right here. <clears throat> oh, the trophy from uh, your coach in the what was that participation trophy? It took a mixture of the Naugatuck and Watertown High School to defeat my boys, and they also maliciously hit my point guard in the head, Joe Joe Mitchell, best player in the Friday Night League. Well, we're the best team with one of the best players. I can't discredit everybody else on my team. I love you all. Anyways, um, transitioning to another team in New York. The New York Knicks have extended R.J. Barrett four years, $120 million, which is not the max. The max would have been five years, $185 million. He gets four years, $120 million, $30 million a year. Absolute steal. Absolute steal. And here's the thing that helps, too. With the Donovan Mitchell saga still going on, it looks like the Knicks are the favorites to land him. I think the three teams that were listed on his trade request list were the Knicks, the Nets, and the Heat. Now, the issue with the, the Nets potentially getting him is it comes to the same effect with the Bam Adebayo situation. Can't have Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons on the same team with the same rookie contract extension. Yep. So I guess maybe that also explains, too, because remember my whole thing of Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett and Zion? Mm-hmm. It's with the extensions that they have. Although I think Zion could go to the Knicks because R.J. Barrett isn't maxed out. I'm not really sure how this whole fucking thing works. Bob Clark, you will not coach. You will not coach the Brooklyn Nets. You won't make it to Brooklyn when I'm done with you if that happens. <laughs> TJ and I will take care of you. Uh-huh. We will. We will Conor McGregor you at the Barclays Center the same way he did in the UFC. Oh, chuck a dolly at the at worse, the bus. Worse. 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 Now stop. Okay. Anyways, so with that being said. The Donovan Mitchell saga continues, and a lot of reports have said that they want R.J. Barrett. The Knicks took a lot of their picks away, and the Jazz said no deal. And from this point forward, it looks like it's getting centered around the following players in the New York Knicks. Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, and picks uh, for Donovan Mitchell. Now, what I was listening to earlier today on the Michael K. Show with Peter Rosenberg and Dave Rothenberg for the week, Alan Hahn from Hahn and Bart came out to say that we will probably see a trade package that looks like this. We will see Evan Fournier, because that's the money part right there. Evan Fournier, 
Emmanuel quickly and Quentin Grimes for maybe one or two first round picks or not one or two first round picks. That would have been RJ Barrett for multiple picks, maybe all seven. So I wouldn't honestly, I wouldn't do that unless those picks are like really Why? unprotected. Why though? I don't know. I would just, cause I would just keep pushing for our, for RJ because you, I don't know. I no, it's just, not going to happen really because want... the jazz, the jazz don't want a player in return. They don't, they just want, it's Danny Ainge, Kyle. When he, when he made that big trade with the Brooklyn Nets, what was the best player they got returned that package deal? God damn. I honestly, all I remember is the picks from it. Exactly. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. He doesn't want RJ Barrett in return. And the Knicks aren't going to give up a guy who's averaging 20 points per game in the same deal for Donovan Mitchell because they're going to be giving up more than just 20 points per game if they trade all of them. True. So that's True. why that's not going to happen. I think the Jazz have accepted that. Mm. That if that happens, that Knicks team's going to be interesting. Title contenders, probably not. No. But that team's going to be fun to watch, though. What? I mean, Donovan Mitchell will be fun to watch, but I mean, Julius Randle's a selfish scumbag. Well, I'm saying fun to watch. And I'm saying not just for Knicks. It'd be fun because it could be an impending shit show. And seeing that play out in MSG. Until they get rid of Julius Randle, it will be. I'll tell you what, what really set me off of Julius Randle, he had an MVP caliber season, he absolutely stunk, and then he went like this to the fans and, and talked bad about them in the post-press uh, conference, blaming the fans. No, it's your fault. It's your fault. Yeah. Goddamn fans. Yeah, when you do that in New York, no matter the sport, you want me, you want me to tell you surefire something way to get out. <laughs> want me to tell you something, too? I can remember listening to the radio and people calling and saying he's more valuable to the Knicks than Carmelo Anthony was when he was a Nick. That's how that's how much these people believed in Julius Randle. Sounds like they were smoking something. But oh, of hey, course, they, they were too hyped. What you want? <laughs> Tommy, son, Katie, don't you reckon I come into the Knicks? Do you remember that video? I do not. Uh, I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing it. I'm not going to get in trouble. It's not ESPN or or any of them. I got to find this video. You don't remember the um the sidewalk uh, New York City page? I do not. You don't. No. With the boo boo. The guy's like, Byron. Honestly, I do not. You've never seen the video of the guy yelling Byron a million times at the camera? I don't think so. What? What do you do with your life? Just work, football, video games. Okay, when there's no fo- So a lot of video games and there's no football then? No, I just watch football highlights when there's no actual football. Really? Oh, yeah, I do. I watch a lot of football highlights when there's no football. I like football that much. It's easily my favorite sport. Did you even play football? For one little uh, one little summer when I used to, after I stopped playing hockey. Did not go well. Now, was, was hockey it was hockey the one that really fucked up your ankle? No, no. Ho- no, I broke. I just broke my ankle because I was walking to the bus stop. Okay. Here you go. Yeah. And I agree the reason. You ready? Yep. You're not gonna be able to really see the video, but you can hear them. This is this is the game after they beat the Celtics in double overtime, first game of the season. These were the Knicks fans. Double fucking overtime! What the fuck, baby? New York is fucking back. Knicks are here, baby. The Knicks are fucking here, baby. Fresh out the door, baby. We taking it all the way. We have you We have Cuomo. It's rough shit, but we have the Knicks. Just New York Knicks run New York City. 
Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Let's go Knicks! Let's go Knicks! They're a bunch of psychopaths. Jesus Christ. They're a bunch of psychopaths of damn Knicks fans, let me tell you. That's a mess. <laughs> well, obviously, I mean, you just heard it yourself. So that that that's what I was trying to play out for you. There was that guy who was like, "Holly's on Katie, you're gonna come into the news." Excellently hit that. So, la- last thing I want to ask you: Will Donovan Mitchell be a New York Nick at the end of the day? That's what I all comes it, down to here. Eventually, it's either that or what he says on the Jazz. No, I don't think he's gonna stay in the Jazz. I think we're gonna see because you know what? I think the James Harden thing gave these NBA players so much power. What I'm saying is, like, I feel like if it isn't the Nick, it's him with the Nick. Where I feel like that's where it will happen. Then, it w- then if it's not the next, then it will say the Jazz. But you know how pissed he'd be at this point if he stayed a J- uh, Utah Jazz player. He'd be like, "Get me the fuck out." <laughs> well, yeah, because now they're going through rebuild, and he's going to say, "I didn't sign this extension to go through a rebuild." Obviously, oh, yeah, yeah so. definitely. All right, uh, across the NBA as well. Uh, newly Cel- newly Celtic after getting waived. Danilo Gallinari suffers a torn MCL, and you can see the injury in the Euroleagues that's going on. Kyle, how frustrating is this for you? Not terribly. Or did, or did you did you even know about the news until I brought yeah, it up? Yeah, I, I yeah I did I did know about it. It's not, I wasn't te- at first. I'm just like damn, but I'm not, I was like it's not terribly frustrated. He be it would be a really really good bench bench piece, and would add even more depth to the team. I'm I'm not all that upset about it. It's just like, god damn. Like I'd rather have had it had it happen at least playing a game for Boston. Well, like the fact that it was even before we got a chance to see him play with this team, it's a little, it's a bummer. But I'm not like that upset about it. Honestly, it all is right. what it is. Now, how upset do you think OKC fans like my boy Steve is about Chet Holgram uh, getting injured in that summer league? Well, not summer league. The uh, Drew League game in Seattle. Yeah, pro man. Yeah, I'd be pissed. <laughs> I'd be pissed. Uh, what Liz Frank injury guarding? Because uh, I, I seen the play. Yeah, I seen the play a couple times with him guarding LeBron. And you're trying to see like maybe if he kind of landed weird or something like that. It doesn't really landed too weird, but I mean, just a formula formula failure. You know, you don't play your rookie year. He's a pretty frail, tall, thin guy, mm-hmm. pretty gangly. So it's like, is that a sign of things to come? Is why I feel like what you got to worry about because. He's going to be against LeBron, but yeah, I, we all know LeBron wasn't going nearly 100% on that play. Imagine no. him trying to guard LeBron while he's going 100% in the game, or like a guy like Giannis, the dude would get destroyed. So, <laughs> I don't know. If I'm OKC, you know, just the team and especially the fans, that puts me on edge right there. Mm. Uh, Marcus, welcome, buddy. Hope you had a great stream. I saw you were doing big things with your stream there. Uh What's this man making food? I'm going to assume it's one of the three items. It's going to be either pasta, sausage, or burgers. Let me know in the chat. TJ says Josh Giddy's going to carry the hell out o- o- OCK to the championship. This to the championship. What's going on on the limb there? It's because he had a fancy basketball and he's just sucking the hell out of Josh Giddy. He used to call him Josh Gideon. I tell him, TJ, his name's Josh Giddy. I don't care. I call him Josh Gideon. Okay. Jesus. But here's what I want to say about the Chet thing. The man had to play through Summer League. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was perfectly fine. This Drew League game, Pro-Am game that he was in was sanctioned by the NBA. 
Okay. Here's the fact of the matter. People tell them, tell all these players like, you can't do this because you're risking your future. This, that, yada, yada. Well, I understand that there are training camps. Absolutely. Okay. I want to give you two people who got injured off, off of the just practicing in general. No competitive games, just practicing. Both of them, Golden State Warriors. You know who I'm talking Was about? It, wasn't didn't Clay Thompson get hurt? Clay Thompson again? was one of them, and there was one more. Was it either like Curry or Draymond? Nope. He he actually didn't get hurt while he was with the Warriors. He got hurt when he left the Warriors and then went to the Lakers the year after. Let's play the game, Kyle. We're playing the game. God fuck. Okay. What well, what year was this? Was this 2019-2020 season? I think he cut I think he got cut just before COVID happened. And he was a Laker. Oh my god. I'm trying to think of their roster back then. Well, let's just start asking questions. <laughs> what position was it? Center. Center. Was it Bogut? I'm trying to think of who the centers were. No. Why don't you ask me a question like, uh, what what teams did he used to play for? What teams did he used to play for? The Warriors, the Pelicans. Oh, Anthony did? No, he didn't let me finish. Okay. And the Kings. The Mark. The Marcus Cousins? Yes. Yes. Clay Thompson, Demarcus Cousins got hurt at practice. So any anything happens. The moral of the story here, I want to just put out there. I love playing these games with Kyle because I love to see his little brain try to think. Yeah. Most no one, bad. no one should be giving Chet Holgram any problems. No one should. Fact of the matter is, is that this kid was doing everything he could to get ready for the NBA season. And when you go to programs like this, you get a somewhat look of what your competition is going to be. Now, obviously, it's not going to be the same LeBron James that you're going to see in the NBA, but you get to see what kind of work he does. And you could probably learn off the work that he does at these program games. So with Chet, he's going to miss all, all of 2022, 2023, and he's going to be better than ever the following year. Yeah. It just, it it just sucks though. Because it just, because you think with, with foot injuries, you know, a guy that's like decent, tall and frail, like he needs to add to be, like that or just any tall frail guy you need to like he just needs to add some meat on his bones because that guy like i said going up against like those strong guy like uh small forwards slash power forwards that love the post game i don't know how the hell he even remotely you just get dominated <laughs> just get pushed around like it's nothing yeah that's it um that's all for the nba mlb julio rodriguez the contract that he got my Dear Jesus Almighty, Kyle. Yeah. I mean, what the amount of team, like, I'm so surprised how, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, Smart, I guess. These teams are locking up their young guys. We see it with, let's go through the list here. Tatis, he got got inked up before the whole steroid thing happened. Wander Franco. Julio Rodriguez. Is there anybody else I'm missing out on? I think I just nailed about. Everybody there. Um, wasn't there a guy f- um, for Atlanta? Was it was it last name's Harris? Was it Michael Harris? Dude, we have to go through the whole list with Atlanta. Michael yeah, was Harris, Al- Al- Ozzy Al- Albies, Al- yeah. they robbed Acuna, Austin Riley. 
playing. And Good they God. could potentially lose DNSB Swanson in the offseason this year. Marcus, I know you're probably listening to this, and I know what Marcus is saying right now. You know what he's saying? What? Yeah. <laughs> just like that. Uh, it's just... Yeah, I remember I tried looking up the, uh, like all the different things with his contract. Yeah, and that, I just, I, I, right I, 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 I gave up honestly because I'm just like it just was like a like ridiculously complicated contract because I think it said something where it could be up to four hundred like seventy million dollars could be like maybe like a seventeen or like eighteen year deal or something. It's like he has like player options, team options. It's like good god. <laughs> Like, yeah. I mean, but with, but with teams that have a lower payroll that aren't like a team like the Dodgers or the Yankees, it's smart for them to sign these guys early. Obviously, there's a risk and reward with it, but because if they, if they were to wait and his price tag would go up even more, you can get him for slightly, even if it's slightly less than what it is, it just saves money for other potential guys. Yes. Okay. Yankees so... take notes and fucking sign Aaron Judge. No shit. Um, ESPN Jeff's passing, one of the best in the business. I'm going to try to break down the best I can here. Let me see where it is here. Okay. Yeah, whole Twitter. Star rookie. Started. Star rookie. Well, I'm not even. I'm on like the website here. Oh. Star rookie Julio Rodriguez and the Seattle Mariners have finalized a massive long-term extension that guarantees the 21-year-old outfielder $210 million and can max out at $470 million. Here's how it goes. Okay. The base deal is for $120 million and lasts through the 2029 season, sources said. Following the 2028 season, the Mariners can exercise an option for an additional 8 or 10 years, depending on where Rodriguez finishes in MVP voting in the preceding seasons. The Mariners turned down the option. Rodriguez can exercise a 5-year, $90 million player option after the 2029 season or hit free agency just shy of his 30th birthday. The Mariners' option is where the potential money can grow to historically large figures. If Rodriguez maxes out his MVP escalators, Seattle's options would be for 10 years and $350 million, taking the total value to the deal of four to $470 million to 2039. The lowest level would be eight years and $200 million on top of the original $120 million. Keep it Rodriguez tied to the Mariners through 2037. Cha-ching! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's... That's uh, someone definitely put some time and effort into thinking of that contract. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, the way they're seeing it, because you see it now with Seattle and hell, you're even seeing right now with Baltimore, when you have these young studs like Julio Rodriguez, Ali Rutschman, Jeremy Pena, Steven Strider, O'Neill Cruz, Michael Harris, Bobby Witt Jr. These guys are performing to the highest level and Baltimore is rocking. Seattle is rocking. Uh-huh. Kansas City, not so much because all they really got now is Bobby Witt. I hope to see Bobby Witt go to a good team or Kansas City get better. But hey, at least Kansas City got their championship recently, more recently than all these other teams. All right. And the Astros were already set before Jeremy Pena and as well as the Braves. Moral of the story here is when you have a guy who is young and you could tell he's ready to go, bring him up. I mean, that's uh-huh. the situation with Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge didn't get called up until he was about 24, 25 years old. Okay? And the reason they do that is because when they get so young and they show off so much, you kind of get locked into the whole, oh, shit, I got to pay him now thing. And the Mariners did what they had to do. Uh-huh. Mind you, they're going to have Mitch Hanniger, 
they're going to have Kyle Lewis still. They inked up Robbie Ray before the season started. They have Luis Castillo for this year and next year. Ty France has been exceptionally well. Ingenio Suarez is still there. J.P. Crawford is still there. The Mariners have a very, very good team. Here's what it's going to come down to for the Mariners, okay? This year, do I see them making a big run? No. It's going to be bright lights too early, but it's going to be good experience for all these young guys. The veteran presence that they have in their team is Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana lost in the World Series with Cleveland. So when you go up and you're seeing all these teams like the Yankee, I'm going potential here. I don't know who what it's going to be. We're going to see once the playoffs come. The experienced teams like the Yankees, the Astros, the Tampa Bay Rays, those teams, when you come across them, it's going to be a little bit difficult. Oh, yeah. But credit the, to the Mariners. The, light, the lights might be a little too bright for them come playoff time. But it's, but it's you know, it's preparation for the following year if they keep up the good oh, work. Yeah. Most definitely. So, um, and J-Rod right now looks to be the front runner for AL Rookie of the Year. But who do you think is the next one behind his tail, Kyle? AL Rookie of the Year? Yeah. Maybe like... Maybe like Adley Rutschman. Adley Rutschman like, starting to get up there. Yeah. Adley Rutschman yeah. starting to get up there. Ever since he got called up to Baltimore, they're a whole new team. A yeah, whole new I think team. it puts some juice into that into that team, mm-hmm. and especially now with the now with the you know the the fans too. Like they're starting to kind of show up instead of not going to games because the team has been shit for so long, so goddamn long. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, before we go into the Yankees and Red Sox, I just want to call out a city. Okay. Do you think you know what city I'm about to call out right now? I do not, but let me let me hear it. I'm not I'm not going to play the guessing game because there's a shit oh, ton yeah. of states you can go through. Oakland, California. How fucking pitiful you people are is unbelievable beyond belief. All right, Kyle, is it fair to say that Oakland has one of the best fan bases when you know they show up? Yeah, especially for all all sports. Let's yes, like. Doesn't it still feel weird to say the Las Vegas Raiders? It does. It doesn't feel natural. It Oakland, doesn't feel Oakland natural. Raiders have a has a ring to it. Yes, because the tradition and what those fans brought for their energy and their viciousness, because they were very vicious. All right. They're gone. The Golden State Warriors, yes, they're across the bridge, but honestly, Oracle Arena was so different. Like the the how loud that arena was, Kyle. You know, you allowed them to go across the bridge to San Francisco. And obviously those fans are going to carry over. But you know what I mean? You had them in your city and you let them go. Now, the last and lone team that's left, the Oakland A's. People say the Oakland A's fan base is small. No, the Oakland A's fan base isn't small. And let me tell you, son, you don't have to say, well, just look at the moving money ball. No, I'm going to give you a better one. When they made the playoffs before COVID happened, you look at all those fans who showed up, Kyle. It was loud. It was rowdy. It was aggressive. You had a hard time hearing yourself. Do you know why these fans are so sick of the shit that goes on in Oakland? Because of the ownership. All the money well, that they use to spend these tickets, these owners profit, and they don't use it to build the team back onto the field. They have the lowest payroll in baseball. Do you know how much it's at, Kyle? I'm, I don't know, but I'm just going to randomly guess... Total, I'd say eighteen million dollars. Twenty-five million dollars, mm. and the guy who had the highest contract, Elvis Andrews, 
They released who is now a Chicago White Sox, and I think the next highest paid player is just below $5 million. What an absolute joke. And if you're one of those people who says, well, why are athletes? They don't need to deserve all that money. Shut the fuck up. It's a new day and age now, and the sport has made all their money through the years and years and years and years of investment by the fans. Okay? It's pitiful. And I credit MLB for not... They did the best thing they could when it pertains to salary cap, the luxury tax. You have the option to go over it. You have the option to stay under it. That's what you have. That's the salary cap, and that's more than fair. Kudos to the fans for sticking it to the Oakland A's, but I'm going to tell you, son, it's only a matter of time till Oakland's days are numbered. They're not going to oh, have yeah. any professional teams left. Yeah, and that's going to be sad as hell because, like you said, even like with the, the Moneyball movie, like that, and just even the – in real, like when the actual team, they're in that time frame. It's a very good team. There's lots of interest. Lots of fans were there. Now to see what it's become is pitiful. That is beyond sad. And the fact that that's not getting to ownership like into their head and actually making them do something is even worse. Because it's just like, I mean, what are we doing? Like clearly the fans are sticking up and trying to make, you know, put them on notice and be like, hey, you need to fix this shit. We don't, we're, we're not going to support you guys if you keep doing this. Like, it's just honest. And they're going to make less money, maybe eventually, somehow, if it really hits their pockets. And that, because, you know, that's a lot of times what owners look at is the pot, the bottom line and their money. They will finally get their head out of their asses. But I don't think on that happening. Well, here's the thing, too. Everybody's going to be like, well, what happens if they sell a team? I'm going to tell you, son. The second they sell a team, it doesn't matter. It's too late. They're gone. Whether oh, they yeah. go to Montreal, whether they go to Vegas, whether they go to Nashville, wherever they go from here, it's over in Oakland. It's done. It's done. And again, mm-hmm. it's a damn shame. When you oh, look yeah. at some of the Oakland A greats, what, what are some names that come up to you, Kyle, for some all-time Oakland A greats? You're frozen. Um, well, you Seiko, Jose Canseco, yeah. Mark McGuire. Yeah. Even from more of like the 2000s, you have what, uh, was it Jason Giambi? Yep. Um. Johnny Damon, um, yep. Eric Chavez, what, Miguel yep. Tejada, Barry Zito, right? Barry, Barry Zito. Zito. Yeah, Barry Zito. Donaldson, <laughs> Matt Donaldson, Chapman, Matt Olson. The, I don't know if you great, said Ricky Henderson. The great, but the Ricky great Henderson. Frankie Montes right now. <laughs> that guy's pissed me off. Yeah, but you said Ricky Henderson. Yeah, They're, they have a pretty good history of players. Like They got some damn, damn good names. And the fact that that team can be completely wiped out because the ownership just essentially said, fuck it. We're, we we don't want to spend money. We want to make money. It's a goddamn shame. But I, I guarantee you they're barely, they're probably not even making money now. They're not. They probably made their money over the weekend. All the, all the fans that came to the Yankees a series were there to see judge Fresno state from California, probably all of his family and friends. Well, not all, but a good portion of them or people that grew up with him, you know? So, I mean, they made some money, but other than that, you're not going to be making jack shit. Even when yeah, Otani has- shows up, even when Otani shows up, there, there's no people in the stands. Yeah, that has to be just such a demoralizing feeling in that stadium for that team. Just people that work there. The fact that no one's showing up and you yeah, know, and you know there's what? a specific you know reason why, too. I'm, I'm going to stop you there, too. You know what? Poor Dallas Braden. The man gives it his all going from working at ESPN to the A's broadcast booth that he's in now, to starting nine with Barstool Swartz, to baseball is dead now, 
and tries to just he, he has it, Reggie Jackson. That's another good one. Catfish Hunter. Yes. He tried. It's because it's almost like his job, but I think he knows like this is the end of Oakland and he doesn't want to see it happen. That's, you know, he made his name there with his perfect game, but it, it's over. It, it's done. Yeah, it's done. Like I said, it's a shame. They, that ownership has royally fucked up. Yes. All right. Speaking of fucking up, how about we say Brian Cashman really fucked up? Yeah. What the hell is going on with this team? After going on a five-game winning streak, now they're on a three-game losing streak. Probably going on four tonight because I just have no faith in them. Take off that goddamn hat. I don't have any faith in this team right now. With the exception of Aaron Judge, what good is there? What good is there? And I get Stanton's got to get back on the rhythm, so I'm not going to say anything mm-hmm. about Stan. I'm not going to say anything about LeMahieu. I'm calling out Glaber Torres. I'm calling out Anthony Rizzo. I'm calling out Josh Donaldson. I'm calling out Aaron Hicks. Benny's been average. He's been starting to figure it out. Higashioka, Frankie Montaz, everybody and their mother in the bullpen. This is just an atrocity. This is terrible. Yeah, they need to figure it out ASAP. They, they need Severino back bad. more than ever. They need Matt Carpenter the guy that they're lucky they came across back mm-hmm. more than ever. This team is <laughs> Harrison. God, they, you need Harrison Peter too. I actually got a thing with vacation. I came across the phone that said, I think there's like starting to ramp up, like he's starting to hitting off a T. So who the hell knows how long that's going to take for him to come back. But Kyle. it's, it, 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 it's so wild though. How like this team was at like almost a historically good pace. And was doing so goddamn good. And like the theory was, or you know, predictions were like, oh. how many wins are this team going to get to now? Can this team actually even win the AL East at this point? Like, I mean, holy shit. Kyle. It's so bad. Kyle. They don't have a single lefty starter in their rotation. They had him. Mm-hmm. And he's, oh he's basically a fucking Cy Young right now with the St. Louis Cardinals. He's killing it. Yeah. Oh, man, Kyle. Honestly, I mean, now that we've seen what Oswald Cabrera can do, mm-hmm. you know, you could have avoided this and just brought him up a hell of a lot earlier and just said, fuck you to Hicks, and we wouldn't be in this situation. But you know damn well, they have to play Bader once if he's ready. They have to. Oh, yeah. But... It's going to be weird because it's like, where are you going to put, like, where are you going to put Cabrera? Do you remember how I put this to you with Brian Cashman? He's he's like, he's, he's like the guy who goes to Walmart for his grocery shopping and he gets generic everything. He doesn't get the brand. He gets the generic shit. He gets the generic Oreos, the generic Pop-Tarts, the generic cereal. He gets all the off-brand stuff. So you didn't get Ron Soto, who's an Oreo. You got... Andrew Benintendi, the generic Oreos. You didn't get the Frosted Flakes, Kellogg's brand. You got the Walmart Frosted Flakes and Frankie Montas. I mean, I mean, I, I love Rizzo, I really do. But you didn't get, you didn't get, uh, what did I say? Uh, Pop Tarts. You didn't get the cookies and cream, Freddie Freeman. You got the generic cookies and cream and Anthony Rizzo. And again, and another one, another one, another one. You just came across DJ Lemayhu. You're lucky with him. He was supposed to be a backup when you got him. True, true, and he blossomed with us severely. But uh, it 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 really is frustrating because at the beginning of the year, you just you felt like you, you at any point you could get a victory. 
like no matter how much you were no, down, it felt no, like it was almost inevitable. It. I don't feel. Well, I'm saying at the beginning of the year when they were red hot. Yeah. Now it's like, now it's like, can they win a game? Now it's like I'm already <laughs> like, preparing for football slash NBA slash hockey season. When like, October comes, when it's like the bad. best time for sports, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna root hard for my team. I will, I will. But I'm gonna tell you what, I I'm expecting a first round exit. You know, you know, pitchers are doing right now. With how bad the offense is struggling, you know how many times Judge got intentionally walked last night? Wasn't it two? Twice. And he's lucky to hit his 50th home run. Yeah, because you don't have to worry worry about people around them. Do you remember who hit either the go-ahead or tying home run against the Yankees? It was Mike Ford. Mike fucking Ford. Yeah. Oh. My yep. head hurts. Yeah, it's it it's just so surprising to how completely opposite ends of the spectrum this team is from the beginning of the year when they were completely red hot on this side. Now they're completely shit right now. Like you can't bank on anything. It feels like they give up one or two runs. It's like judge bail us out, please. Otherwise, we're screwed. <laughs> It's a sad. As you saw what Glaber Torres did, like a little a little pimp job on a flyout. It's like, are you fucking serious? No, it was Cabrera. Like, oh, well, didn't Torres do something? Probably. To that too, if I'm Probably. Not Probably. But even going back to that, to the play, maybe like a week ago or something, where uh, oh God, who was the t- was it against the Mets? Yeah, I think it was one of those games against the Mets where Glaber. he went to go t- tag the guy out at second Whoa. instead of throwing Peter Alonso out at home. It Kyle, was like, you're going to make me puke on the air. Like, it was like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, oh my God, it's fucking like, it's sad as shit right now. Like, it really is. Like, you need to, they need to figure it out ASAP. Like, good God. I thought like five game win streak. Maybe we got something. <laughs> Three game losing streak. Nope, we don't. Like, what the fuck? All right. Um, and, and again, you know, I do want to apologize to those who aren't Yankee fans that are listening to this because it feels like we're just like a broken record. But I mean, uh, with baseball, I mean, what else is there really to talk about? I'll tell you, there's a couple more things to talk about. But in the past, it's almost like we're a broken fucking record. So hopefully they could turn around because I was hoping that maybe we could talk good about the Yankees. You know, they took in, they swept the Mets. They took an early two, nothing series lead on the A's and blew the last two and lost last night to the angels. I think Otani's either on the mound tonight or tomorrow night, even though they've been very good against Otani, but that's at Yankee stadium. We'll see how they do in Anaheim. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Let's move on. Dodgers and the Astros. Kyle heard a ghost. They both had to send their best pitchers on the IL. Tony Gonsolin, 16-1, a sub to ERA. And Justin Verlander, who's arguably having his best pitching season of his career, including his MVP season at age 39. Both go on the IL. And then as we were live, uh, excuse me, Ray's uh, ace in the rotation, Shane McClanahan, left during his bullpen session. And he's probably going to face a stint to the IL. This also comes after Yankees. Nestor Cortez is going to the IL. Everybody says that it's more looking like a rest. But with these three, it could be a lot more serious. Horrible timing for this to happen for all these teams, Kyle. Oh, yeah. Especially with the Dodgers, too, because the Dodgers also lose out on Walker Bueller for the rest of the season after he does now officially get Tommy John's. We talked about it last week. It's official. It's Tommy John's surgery. 
Yeah, it's just a string of just bad luck for some of the best pitchers in baseball. Just, yes. The Verlander thing, apparently, I think, saw someone that it's not going to, it looks like maybe not a long time, like just like a little brief stint, but with the pace that he's been on so far this year at his age, yeah. holy and, shit. And missing like two <laughs> years of baseball. Yeah. Yeah, the, it is just, that's wild. So there's that. And basically all we can basically say is obviously it's like, oh, shit, you know, you're losing on good pitchers. We know. We know. Uh, and then the Red Sox have announced that they will be bringing back Alex Core for the 2023 season. You think it was the right move, Kyle? I feel like give him one more. It year. has to be because I think you got the sample size in 2020 when he wasn't your manager. They sucked. They mm-hmm. they didn't have a coach. He is a great manager when he's not cheating. And the Red Sox, I just want to remind everybody, got off to one of the worst starts in their franchise's history in the month of April. And since then, they've been above 500 team. Now they're probably a sub-500 team, but it, the Red Sox and Yankees are in the same boat. You know, you, you look at all these prospects and you way over overvalue them. When you made the trade for Mookie Betts, the key person in that trade was Alex Verdugo. Verdugo is absolutely nothing close to Mookie Betts, but he's a very good player. Mookie Betts is a superstar. They didn't want to give Mookie the money that he wanted. They offered him a high contract, but he just wanted more. You give the man more and you let him be himself. Maybe he stays in Boston. Now you're facing the same situation with Devers. You're facing the same situation with Bogarts. Nathan Navaldi set to be free agent after the season, as well as J.D. Martinez. Chris Sale can't stay off the I.L. There's so much bad going on in B-Town, but at least they get the good news that Alex Cora will be back as the manager. Yeah, I feel like if it goes, maybe if they have a pretty bad season next year, I could understand then maybe look in other places, but yeah, he has to come back. Like this really isn't like, this isn't his fault. All, know, all the prospects all. haven't hit. All these prospects yeah. haven't hit. Verdugo is kind of hit. Jeter Downs, not looking good. Franchi Cordero, not looking good. Jared Duran, not looking good. Christian Arroyo, not looking good. That's four mm-hmm. off the bat right there, Kyle. They got to figure yeah. this shit out instantly. Yeah. And stop I think these prospects and pay the players that are going to get yeah. you the wins. Absolutely. I think the fact that they haven't signed Devers or Bogarts, that cloud's hanging over the team of what the hell is going to happen with them? We don't know. Are we going to lose them? Are we going to keep them? I feel like if they were to have signed them earlier in the year, give them, you know, some like, you know, something to hold on to. Like, okay, we know we're going to have these guys because those guys are some damn good players, Bogarts and Devers. You don't know what's going to go. That's only you like bright spot you really got going for the team right now. All right, uh, that does it for today's episode. We had a lot to break down here. Um, we're not going to be here next Monday. Next Monday is Labor Day. We will be taking the day off. We will uh-huh. be back on Thursday. We should be back on next Thursday. And for all of you, those who are interested, Ploof and I will be talking. Maybe we will do a show next Tuesday. He has a lot going on right now. We'll see as we will make our gambling predictions for the NFL season as well as week one. Uh, whether I get to do a proof or not, if we don't do it next Tuesday, then I'll be making my gambling picks with Kyle here next Thursday. Nice. All right. So what you have to look forward to next Thursday, Kyle and I are going to have all of our predictions, division winners, award winners. We're going to see what teams we think are going to surpass the average win total via Vegas and which teams aren't going to be able to win the total. Or should we do it where like how many games they won last year? Yeah, I just think, yeah, we'll kind of go off of, I think, last year. You know, say, you know, le- less or more. 
Sounds good. We'll do that next week and maybe we'll do another real or not real. There's so much shit that's going on. We'll see. Uh, the NBA training camp is almost upon us. Uh, the Calgary Flames are doing crazy things and we'll break it down next week because we're about to go now. But ladies and gentlemen, uh-huh. I want to thank you all for tuning in here on Twitch or Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow, turn notifications, share, tell your friends, share the love, of course. I'm Robbie. That's Kyle. Kyle, any last words? I'm hungry. All right. We out. <laughs> I got pizza on the way. <laughs>